We're back, Big Easy Bets, episode 74. I'm your host, Logan. With me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. What up, homie? We have made it to March. Exactly one year ago was arguably the darkest days of my life. Uh, The tournament got canceled due to COVID, but, I mean, one year later, here we are. Conference tournaments are kicking off, and, I mean, it's about to be arguably the greatest uh, gambling period of the year. And on top of that, this Saturday, we have an incredible UFC 259 fight card. Uh, what is it? Three title fights. Mm-hmm. And then even the undercard. Dom Cruz is fighting on the undercard. Who else? There was another pretty big name on the undercard as well. Yeah. Uh, Benavidez is fighting. Yeah, that, uh, that was the one. That, that's Song Ye Dong. <laughs> Who? He's a Chinese guy. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out, Dr. Seuss. Um, yeah, I don't get how Figueredo... Who is it? Figueredo Benavidez? How was he on the undercard? Wasn't he? Joseph Benavidez. <laughs> oh, what the fuck am I even talking about? Oh, Figueredo is the champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that, that was the matchup. Yeah. Um, how was Benavidez on an undercard now? Wasn't he? It's because that, that division, though. I mean, you look, Dominic Cruz's last fight was for the championship against um, Cejudo. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that division is like. I mean, it's. Like, I don't think that division will ever headline like a. Um, yeah, it's not exciting. Uh, a a pay per view card, but it's still strange to me that a guy who did, like the had, only one that has is is Garbrandt and Dillashaw. He had those. the belt before, though, right? Um, no, actually, this is the fly. I'm, so I'm confusing flyweight with bantamweight. Yeah, flyweights will never get on on the yeah, yeah. uh yeah, the head of pay per view. Garbrandt and Dillashaw. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just confused why he was on the undercard. That seems weird to me, but. Um, I'm excited to see Dom Cruz fight again, uh, getting plus money on him. But, yeah, I mean, you got Adesanya versus uh, Blakovitz, I think is how it's pronounced. Yeah. Jan Blakovitz, dude's chilling in a he, – he's just taking ice baths in, like, Finland or wherever he's yeah, from. Yeah, Polish power. Yeah, Poland, maybe, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we'll touch on t- UFC 259 more towards the end. It's not going to be a very long episode today. We're kind of in that – in that period where it's pretty much college basketball and that's it. So um, you've dabbled in FCS football. How was that? Uh, you, I don't know. What do you want to know? Yeah, from the podcast. But I also bet another game that I lost. Uh, not good. But it was a, it was a it was a gut. It was a like last second. <laughs> Twenty seconds left. The team. It, the FCS, from what I understand, is like. Um, it's going a lot how we thought that the FBS was going to go. So a lot of unpredictable of things oh, are okay. happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed like a lot of underdogs. Um, some of them are winning outright. It's just some weird, weird things happening in FCS. It's like, and then to be able to watch it all, it's like you got to seclude yourself from college basketball because it's all being streamed on, on ESPN Plus or some other platform. It's nothing's coming on. TV, so it's hard to yeah, it's not cable. It's hard to follow everything at once. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't bring myself to bet on um, on FCS. There's some good players, but for the most part, the players aren't um, 
aren't that good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're not. <laughs> like, there's some players that you could see, oh, oh, he could be good in the NFL. Yeah. But then there's other players, it's like, it's like you're watching really good high school players, but not good mm-hmm. enough to be. Yeah, I know what you At mean. the FPS level. Yeah. So, like I said, March is here. Uh, I guess you could say the madness has started. Uh, it is starting. It's getting ready to start. Um, conference tournaments, the A-10, it's going all day today. Nine straight hours of A-10 basketball. Kind of a tough watch um, for some of those games. But there's money to be made. So I've been betting college basketball like crazy. You took a slight hiatus. but cause Yeah, we- I'm like, um, I'll jump back in and then I'll lose a lot of money. Then I'm like, <laughs> I'm waiting to bet it again then i'll come back and i'll i'll win one out of five or something and one out of five. Take, <laughs> take another break it's like i bet a lot of away teams and i just noticed that if i just bet all home teams yeah. on every game i liked then uh i'd be winning a lot of money yeah so i went through the worst stretch of my gambling career i would say um a very bad day followed by a um, early payout to the bookie, and then what was supposed to be a bounce back Saturday turned into an zero and eight Saturday, and turned into me staring the gambling devil in the face. So um, I looked him in his eyes, but I'm back. That I think I'm back. I hope I'm back. But so we went down to the Gulf Coast to Biloxi <clears throat> to scout out which would be the best sports book to go to for that first weekend of March Madness, and. In the midst of all of that, I just so happened to lose every single bet I placed on the day. So it really put a bad taste in my mouth um, about every casino that we went to because not a single one did I win a bet at. Um, but we found the place where we're going to go. Uh, it's going to be a good setup. We're going to have a whole squad going down there, probably upwards of 10 to 12 people. Um, going to be out there all day, get a room, stay all day the next day. It's going to be a good time. It's probably going to be a costly um, trip, but hopefully... Hopefully it's not a trip that ends up. Uh, hopefully we can walk out winners. But I will say I feel oh, I'm winning. I, I know I 100 percent playing on winning. I was doing really well in college basketball, and then I just hit a really really poor stretch. Um, I had LSU versus Arkansas. We watched that. I accidentally bet it twice. Didn't even know. Was looking great. Up five at halftime as I want to say four and a half, five and a half point underdogs. They lose by ten with an unbelievably bad second half. So I want to talk about LSU because, I mean, they're an enigma in my opinion. They look like they can beat anybody one night, and then they look like a high school team another night. Like, what are your thoughts? Right now, last I saw, they are projected to be a 10 seed in the tournament, which I would prefer over the 9 or the 8. Yeah, I saw us um, as a 9 seed as well, though. And the last thing I saw. Yeah. So, I mean, what you hope for is that um, that LSU can uh, win in the SEC tournament, win one game, and then win another one, and hopefully they can get into the, uh, the championship game for the SEC tournament. And hopefully they can either boost their stock out of the 8-9 area, or hopefully they just play just bad enough to get out of it as well. It's like <clears throat> out of the uh, – Projected number one seeds, it's to me, LSU doesn't have a chance uh, against any of them, really. Not like a legit, I mean, obviously everyone has a chance, but 
Yeah, for those who don't know the eight and nine spot, uh, if you win, you're going to be playing a number one seed. I'm sure most people know that, but for those who don't know how the bracket uh, matches up, you win that eight or nine matchup, then you're due for a one seed unless you've got a UMBC situation again taking down Virginia. But right. I don't see it happening. Um, so where did Ohio State fall to? Um, they're a two seed now. So who are the one seeds? Are Gonzaga, Gonzaga Baylor, Michigan. Well, Michigan's still got the one even with the loss. Yeah, they're going to end up being a one seed. Unless they lose again. Yeah, but I mean. So Nick's very big on Michigan. Nick is, um, I, honestly, you've never been bigger on a team in your college basketball career than Michigan. You, yeah. You took Michigan like four years ago when they were like a 10 seed, had no business getting to the final four and i'm pretty sure they did they got to the lead eight i think and lost okay well then you had them again and they didn't they get to the final four one um year? they might have like the very next year you picked them again yeah and and i was like i remember when you put it in the first year i was like michigan i was like what i was like there's no way and they did um, and when they did lose it was like a super close game they, yeah so yeah nick is quietly um like the biggest michigan basketball fan there is um and you're on them again. Yeah, I got a futures bet on Michigan to win it all. But um, I, I do like a few other teams. It's like the four, the number one seeds right now are Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois probably. So Illinois is going to squeak into that. They were line. in it. They were projected to be a number one seed before the, they just beat Michigan by 20 Without in Michigan. Without their best player. That yeah. Was, that was, they shot the ball well. I know, but. So that's incredibly what, well. That was kind of crazy because that's what I've been saying. If Corbello can come on and be a second option, if Desumu has to come off the court or if he gets in foul trouble, et cetera, then they they're dangerous because Coburn, Cockburn, whatever you want to call him, I think they pronounce it Coburn, is a man amongst boys. That dude is a beast. Like it's kind of crazy. Like. I, I don't know that anybody is yeah, going no, to Yeah, no, he's definitely the him. most physically dominant yeah. big guy. Nobody's going to outmuscle him on the block. And then Desumu could have went to the NBA. He I think they I think he possibly could have been a lottery pick, but he was like right on the outskirts, so he came back to bolster his stock a little bit more, but I mean the dude could be contributing on an NBA roster right now. So Illinois is definitely a team to look at. Um and that was an extremely impressive win to go in in Ann Arbor. Um and come away with a what was it a twenty point win over Michigan, who was the hottest team in basketball? Yeah, it's so cr- Michigan had in the first half they had some foul trouble. Um, Dickinson got in foul trouble, and so did Wagner. And that was the big thing. That's what I was saying. It's going to come down to, in a game like that without Desumu, who gets in foul but trouble? But both like Coburn, right in the Coburn second in the beginning of the second half, um, Michigan was kind of making a little bit of a run to get back in it, and then. Cogburn went into foul trouble, got a serve foul. Yeah. And like fucking a play later, Dickinson got a serve foul. So they Couldn't weren't even, even able to take advantage. And then, dude, Illinois, they were making a lot of shots. Like they started off super slow and then like they finished the game like shooting over 60%. And that's what you're going to have to do, especially when you're missing your best player. I mean, you're going to have to get, um, contributions like that from the other guys i'm gonna I'm pull it up right now because there was a dude who impressed me who i had been watching um like he was definitely on my radar um trent frazier 
That dude's fucking good too. 6'2", senior guard. He had 22.7 of 18 shooting, 2 of 5 from deep. Um, I mean, really, he was the guy. Corbello had 17. He played really well and efficient, 8 of 14 from the court, uh, or from the field, I mean, 17 points. But Frazier pretty much willed him to that victory. Um, Corbello only played 19 minutes because he got in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. He had four fouls. So without Frazier. Yeah, it was like Michigan was just not – They've been playing really good team basketball like for the past two weeks, yeah. and then this game they were totally disrupted and unable to be. And, th- get and into that's a college. Rhythm. And that's college basketball. This is March. Like this is not. This is not throw in the towel with Michigan. Like this shit happens. But I feel like it was a almost a blessing for Illinois to not play with the sumo because it forces other people to step up. And then they know, like, okay, I can go get mine, too, even when he's back. So now you just have other options where they're not going to necessarily just defer to DeSumo when he's on the court because they know, okay, I mean, the dude just dropped 22 points. Corbello is not shy to put shots up, um, but he had 17 of his own. And then you got Coburn. It, it just makes these other options assert themselves, and that's that's what you need in the tournament. So, But the tournament is all about taking – it. it we were talking, me and you were talking about it, and I agree. You got to have a dominant big man, but there's always that one person who takes over the tournament, and it's like who who's going to get hot? Who's going to be that guy? Um, and a guy who that could be is Cam Thomas for LSU. I think LSU, it like what I saw. The hypothetical was the ten seed taking on a seven seed Virginia. I love that matchup for LSU. I really, really, really like that matchup for LSU. Um, Virginia doesn't have crazy bigs. Their bigs like to space the floor. Um, so they're not going to really body you down low like crazy. Um, I hate Kihei Clark, the um, point guard. Yeah, the Asian point guard. Um, not because he's Asian, just because I just don't like him. I, I, yeah, I don't like him either. I, yeah, just it's something about him. He's been there forever. A little short dude running around, never been a fan. Um, but I think LSU, I, I, I favor LSU in that matchup big time. Um, I mean, Running gun. We need shooting from Darius Days, which I think he prefers to be at home, which most people do on the road. I mean, sometimes he, with Darius Days, it's either it's nothing but net or it's off the top of the backboard. Like, yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. Well, like, we we just need him to play hard. Well, yeah, it's all about effort. The LSU LSU lacks effort on the defensive side of the ball and the rebounding side of the ball, where typically we are one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the nation, and we haven't been this year. And that's all effort. So, But LSU is a team that I think can win. They could potentially get to the second weekend, um, so get to the Sweet 16. Um, I don't really see them going any further than that, but – all, all it takes is for us to get hot at the right time. Javante Smart's having an incredible year from behind the three-point line. Cam Thomas is a guy that is going to be a lottery pick and go get a bucket at any time that he wants. Um, almost sometimes that plagues him a little bit. Um, but then you got Watford down low. LSU has the tools. So, obviously, we're, at, we're a New Orleans-based podcast. We're all about LSU. Nick graduated from LSU. So we're going to be pulling for the Tigers big time. Uh, we know a lot of our listeners are also going to – they're pretty big LSU fans as well. So Yeah, and I think when it comes time, like even in this – when we see the SEC tournament uh, in about a week. You're going to learn a lot. We're going to find out if, 
you know, we see a different LSU, like not a uh, sluggish one when, you know, when it matters. See if they flip the switch. Because, like, like if you lo- when you lose, you're out. <clears throat> so, I mean, it, yeah. you expect people to be uh, able to play a little bit different when they have that on their mind. Yeah, play the opposite of how Ben Simmons played late in the year uh, when he was with LSU. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a lot to be excited about with LSU. There, I guarantee you nobody wants to run into LSU. That they don't want to be on their quadrant and go, okay, fuck, we've got LSU sitting right there. Like nobody, there's plenty of other teams that they would rather play than us. We're a dangerous team. Um, you just got to click at the right time. Got to get a little smarter play out of Cam Thomas, not force so many fadeaway jump shots, attack the rim, let the game come to you, and, I mean, we're going to be all right. But, um, I mean, who, do you have any sleeper teams that you're looking at? Right now, and and we're gonna do we're gonna do a big a big March Madness episode. We're gonna have a couple other people on when the bracket is released, and we're gonna break down everything. I mean everything. Um, I honestly i I think it's forty five percent chance that I pick a perfect bracket this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Let me. A thing to keep an eye on is um, I think Colin Gillespie fucked his knee up last night for Villanova. Yeah, I don't know. Not good. It didn't look good. Senior night too is sad. But one so um, my two favorite ones right now are Michigan and also Illinois. Well, they're not sleepers, right? So if I was looking for like a, a third one, like you, that, I think can win know, it all, who, or you know who it is? Yeah, I, do you, I think you know who my third it, one is. It's, it's probably my one of my. I have two, and it's probably one of mine. Say it, say it on three, two, one. Iowa. Iowa. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're ranked five right now. So, you know, if Illinois would have lost and something happened in Big Ten tournament, then maybe they were looking at a, a one seed possibly. See, but, their odds probably aren't as good as what we were looking at a week, 10 days ago. What were they getting, like 17 to one? Yeah, last I something saw, like they were like 19 to one. Are they? Where are they now? It's probably, it had to come down a little bit, huh? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, they beat Ohio State, but there's a size advantage there, clearly, for Iowa. Yeah. Um. But I don't know, dude. Outside of, like, the top five, it's hard for me to see uh, some of these teams winning it all. I mean, I, I could see some of these teams making noise and getting to the Final Four and stuff like that, but... Yeah. I mean, when you, if you get to the Final Four, anything can happen. Yeah. Then you 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 two wins away. But I just feel like if... Illinois. Um, my, my other one is Houston. Yeah, I think Houston could be could definitely be a Final Four team, but so I don't know if I see them if they had to play. I got to see which quadrant they, they start off in. A real big guy. Yeah. Like when it matters mm-hmm. most. Well, obviously the whole tournament does, but the, at the Final Four you're going against the best of the best. Yeah. So the thing with Houston, I've, I've been on Houston a lot this year, really for the past three, four years. Um. I've I've always been a fan of Houston basketball. They're they're a machine against the spread. Um, they're one of the, if not the best, they're one of the best defensive teams. And same thing with rebounding, defensive rebounding, um, and crashing the offensive glass. They rebound at arguably the highest level in the country, and then they play arguably the best defense in the country. That travels. So when you have an off shooting night. Chances are the other team's going to have a rough night too because you're going to have to really rely on your defense, and they can do that. So defense travels. Um, their best player, they've got Quentin Grimes, the Kansas transfer, 
and then they've got um, Sasser, who can light it up from deep. He was in a little bit of a slump for a little while there, but it's all about clicking at the right time. They've got uh, Dejon Giroux, who is one of those, like, he can hit you an outside shot, but he's going to run the offense. He's going to play good defense. They, they've just got all of these guys that collectively play really well together. Quentin Grimes plays incredible defense. Um, they've got Gorham down low. So they've got complementary big guys who need to do a little bit better job of finishing around the rim. But Houston is a team to keep an eye on. Um, extremely good defensively, and they can get hot. They can hit threes in bunches. Um, that would be another team that I would consider putting a futures bet on. And then I don't know what the odds would be of just getting to the final four, but that would be something that I would definitely consider. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we'll go over all of this whenever the brackets release. Like I said, we're going to have a big episode where we break everything down and that'll give me a little bit better feel to kind of see the path that they have to go to. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Like with LSU, if like if they're eight or nine, let's say that, they win in the first round, and then they have to play anybody with a dominant big man. It's yeah. like, to me, Coburn, good luck Coburn, for LSU. <laughs> Coburn would feast on LSU. Yeah, probably 15 rebounds. Oh, yeah, maybe in, like, the first half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Watford, I'm sorry, I really like Watford. Coburn would eat Watford alive. Um, but, I mean, even, like, Gonzaga. Gonzaga... <laughs> We would have to get fucking incredibly hot from three. Yeah, the Gonzaga's a team like right now. I don't. I'm like, probably gonna make three brackets, maybe, maybe probably four actually, because yeah. I'm gonna do another one. Yeah. Um. All for money, and I don't know right now if I'm gonna have a Gonzaga winning bracket. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit. I don't know. I to think- me, they they're really relying on just like shoot. They shoot the ball really well, but to me, it's just like they haven't played. Um, anybody good enough, and the people they have played to me, they just haven't played good enough on no, the yeah, def- and, defensive side of the ball. And that's always I've always been a, a anti Gonzaga guy. So it's like because when, yeah. their conference is the weakest in in basketball. They play San Francisco University. They play uh, the toughest they normally play is what St. Mary's. Yeah, like, Pe- Pepperdine. Yeah, Pepperdine. With uh, <laughs> they have they have a uh, Kobe something dude's good. Um, but they're just not they're not a good conference so gonzaga gets a cakewalk every year they go undefeated damn near every year um i mean they don't but they never have more than one to two losses um but this year's a little different i don't know i jalen suggs i think is possibly the best player in the country um but then you got kispert who i think won the mvp of that conference you've got um drew timmy down low who i'm not a big fan of but he's one of those finesse big guys he can stretch the court spread it out, um, and he's more of a finesse guy down low. He's not going to body anybody, so if he runs into a Coburn, he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do uh, without getting him in foul trouble. They're going to have to hope they get him in foul trouble. But then you've got Andrew Nimhard, the Florida transfer. They've got um, Ayayi, another like crafty guard who can shoot a little bit from the outside. They've just got so many different options that it's hard for me to not pick Gonzaga um, in at least one of my brackets. But Again, I don't know. We got to see. We got to wait till they're released. That's why we're not really going too deep into it. But yeah, Gonzaga is just to me they're the best offensive team in the country. But I just yeah. you get worried about if they do play, uh, like Jalen or Michigan or, or something like that in the Final Four. It's like Jaylen those teams are me. good defensively, and if you struggle to score, yeah, 
it's like what happens if if you are being taken advantage down low and then all of a sudden you know some of your guys are in foul trouble it just seems like they haven't been tested their defense hasn't been tested yet and i don't know if it will it it won't be tested before the tournament they were supposed to play baylor that would have been a good game early in the year but it got postponed because of the coronavirus slash canceled because they aren't going to make it up but um yeah no, yeah, that's how I, I feel, feel like about J- it right Jalen now. Suggs is like a Jason Tatum to me. Like he, I don't I think he's he's going to take over the tournament, and that's what I said. The, the tournament is about those players who take over. It was Steph Curry, it was Buddy Heald, it was who was it? Maybe Trey Young. I don't remember, but you had Jimmer going crazy. It's all about like who's going to be the talk of the tournament, and I think that could be Jalen Suggs. Um, but again, we'll. we'll We'll get into all of that in more detail. Um, I mean, what is it? Two weeks from now? Mm-hmm. Today's the fourth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, don't sleep on the conference tournaments though, because the conference tournaments are argu- arguably better than the whole thing. It's not, but I mean, you've got every day basketball from like eleven to eight every single day. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're gonna have conference tournaments and Saturday everything. So. Uh, you're not it, – it's going to be hard to get away from college basketball for the next, like, 30 days, it, probably more. Um, but, all right, let's talk UFC 259. Huge card. Israel Adesanya going up against Jan Blakowicz, who really – he wasn't the favorite against um, Reyes, right? No, he's a plus 220 underdog. Yeah, Dominic Reyes was uh, definitely expected to win that fight, clearly. Um, it was a really good performance from Blackovitz, but did he peak? Like, did he like put together the perfect performance to get to where he's at right yeah, now? Uh, Blackovacic <laughs> is um, he took advantage of uh, Reyes by landing those body kicks. Remember, Reyes's body was like so tore up. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Like bad, like bruising mm-hmm. to the point where it was almost like ble- I might have been bleeding out of his skin. That's how bad his body was getting torn up. Was that that was on the same card as Adesanya, wasn't it? Um, it it may have been. Yeah, Adesanya and Costa. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but just Reyes is an athletic guy who's a very good striker, and uh, Blockowicz was able to knock him out. Uh, using counter punching and kind of like these, these blitzing techniques of like throwing a lot of shots quickly, like out of nowhere, kinda. But um, yeah, to me, I just don't know if he how much of a shot he's gonna have against Adesanya. No, I think Adesanya is pound for pound, arguably the best in in the sport. Um, the dude proves time and time again that he can fight any way that you want, and I mean he's got a chin and he he hits hard clearly. Uh, but he came in and just just dominated Costa with those leg kicks last time. Um, I don't think that I see no value on Blackovitz. I don't. Yeah, he's a uh, um, plus one eighty five currently. Yeah, plus one eighty five, one ninety something around there. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't see any way. I mean, obviously, there's a way. Anything can happen in this sport. The only way I can see Blackovitz um winning this fight is by knockout. Yeah, like I. He's yeah, not yeah, a good he's enough of a wrestler for me. Adesanya just fought way better wrestlers than him and yep. avoided being taken down. 
I don't see Blockowitz being able to really take him down and control this fight on the ground. I just think it will be if one of those, like, he throws these combinations that aren't really, they're like more of a blitz-type combinations Mm -hmm. where he's trying to overwhelm you a little bit. And if Adesanya just finds himself, like, against a cage or something or not able to get out the way like he always can, um, then, I mean, to me... Blockowitz is kind of a long shot. Yeah. Um, I agree. I don't see any way that that he really I, – I I couldn't bet him. Can't do it, even with the plus 185. Adesanya is a different animal. Um, next title fight, you got three title fights on this card, um, really two and a half. Um, Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. Next. I mean, you want to win money on Nunes, you want to win 100 bucks. you got to risk uh, 1250 So – like how did what did Megan Anderson do to get a title shot? She's eleven and four. She's pretty good. It's just there's such a uh, gap in competition. But it's like at that weight, the uh, one forty five for yeah. women. There's like no competition there. I know, but it's like, how can we not find anybody? You tell me, there's not another well, like Amanda it, Nunes out there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's women outside the UFC that they speculate. I mean, they should try to match up match her up with but i don't know um to me it, it's more interesting when she defends the 135 pound belt yeah because there's more fighters over there that are good than no, yeah. 145 this is, this is a go go make another plate of food fight go refill your drink like this is you got to use a bathroom go during this fight um that the first title fight of the night is going to be Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. This might be like the most interesting fight of the night. So we saw Yan. Who did he dismantle? Was it Aldo? Yeah. Like, but he also destroyed uh, Uriah Faber. That's yes, yes, absolutely shit on Uriah Faber. Yan is fifteen and one. Uh, he's a Russian. I don't think I can. You're getting good odds. Like, I think. Currently, I'm seeing both at minus 110. No plus money on either one. Aljamain Sterling's a beast. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's got a substantial reach advantage, four inches. I think that Aljamain Sterling's the more complete fighter. Yeah. Like, out of every aspect, wrestling, striking, and Mm jiu-jitsu. So, I mean, I think that's why this fight is like... um, it's 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 as close of odds as we uh, that we're seeing, but Jan, dude, I would bet on Jan to win by knockout. Yeah, Jan is a fighter that's like to me on a different level physically. Yeah, uh, as because he's physically imposing, like strength, uh, toughness, and like determination in his face. Yeah, it's like it's a hard. It's hard to bet against that type of like if this this is a five round fight so um it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I know a lot of people must be on Aljamain Sterling for these odds. Oh yeah, like they this. they are. He's a very popular pick. But if he's gonna win, he's gonna either get him in a. I submission. mean, I kind of hope he wins because I want to see that uh, Sanhagen Sterling rematch. Yeah, because I do feel like uh, Sanhagen just made one mistake and that's why that fight ended so quickly. Yeah. But um, yeah. But Peter Yan, no, I don't. It's not a. This one, I'm. It's such a coin toss to me. See, but it. So it's gonna be 
interesting because, like, he doesn't knock anybody out. Sterling is not a knockout artist by any means. He's going to go either win by decision or he's going to win by submission. Yeah, he could submit Jan. No, yeah, he definitely could. But so he like Jan's a good wrestler, but not like not typical of what you would expect like from a Russian guy who can like Khabib or somebody like that. No, yes, but he's got 87% takedown defense. Yeah, no, like if um and then takedown accuracy on the flip side for Sterling is only 29%. Yeah, but uh, it was Sterling didn't even have to take down Sanhagen. He found a way to get his back. Yeah, and it was all she wrote from the start. Was that the stand up? Yeah, choke out. Yeah, right. Yeah, is that what I'm thinking of? Um, so I mean, I don't. I mean that I don't see that happening. It could happen. I mean, I feel like that's kind of rare. Um, but he doesn't have a ton of takedown success. Jan's good at defending the takedown, and Jan. I mean, he wins by knockout 47% of the time, almost half of his fights are finished um, by knockout or TKO, whereas it's only 11% for Sterling. Um, so I feel like they're probably, I mean, you're probably not getting great value. It's probably not going out on a limb bet. I don't know what it is, but Jan to win by knockout would be mine. You can maybe, you could get crazy and try to pick the round. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jan's the more aggressive guy, lands more strikes per minute. <sighs> I don't know. This if is the, I'm probably it, most interested in seeing this fight. If I had a bet it, I would bet Peter Jan, but it's not like I I think uh, Jermaine Sterling has a legitimate shot at winning the fight either by out trying to outpoint him mm-hmm. because Jan's a good boxer, but it's not like I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough because I would I would still give the the boxing to the advantage to Jan, mm-hmm. but um. I don't know. You just never know if like that awkward style gives him trouble or or something, and, and then it, may, it might yeah. force. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just like you said, I watch Uriah Faber try to take down Peter Yan, and it looked like uh, a kid trying to take down a fully grown man. <laughs> no, yeah, it did. No, I think he's just a different animal, dude. I think he's like part cyborg. Um, but yeah, no, that might be the fight I'm most excited about seeing. Um, but then you got another good one right before that, Islam uh, M- Makachev. I don't even know how I do. I can't. I struggle with the last names. Uh, but I mean, you know, he's he's been the talk for a little while. He's eighteen and one, um, taking on Drew Dober. I don't think that it's really going to be all that close. Um, minus three thirty five on Makachev, but it'll be good to see if he. I mean, if he can keep moving in the right direction. So um, then you got Tiago Santos versus Rakic. I don't really got anything too much about that. I just know Santos has the Thor hammer on his chest. Um, if Rockets will probably knock him out. You think? Yeah. But it's not an official bet. Um, but, yeah, then I'm excited to see Dominic Cruz fight again. You're getting plus money on him versus Casey Kenny. Um, Casey Kenny's minus 137, 16-2-1 record for Kenny. Um, I mean, pretty even matchup across the board in terms of reach and height and all of that. So, I mean, you know, Dominic Cruz has that really unorthodox style. His movements are hard to get a hold of. Um, got plagued with some injuries there, then came back, and we saw what happened with Garbrandt. Um, and then he's coming off that loss to Cejudo. So I'd like to see Dom get back into the win column there. Um, and then you got your guy, Song Yadong, on the prelims. But Joseph Benavidez, we'll see. 
the, the, just the whole flyweight division is just so just bland. Like this is the number two and number three contender going up against each other. <laughs> like, and it's on the it's on the uh, the prelim. Like, nobody really cares. So, I don't know, but it's going to be a really good fight card. It's definitely one worth buying. You got three title fights, and then I mean, pretty solid. Uh, the other two fights are solid, and then pretty decent fights on the on the undercard too, on the uh, on the prelims. So, yeah, that's about all I got. Don't bet against Adesanya. Don't watch Amanda Nunes. No, nah, I'm kidding. That, that Amanda Nunes is a beast. Of the female fights, like she's the one you watch. She's probably gonna fuck this girl up. Um, and then Jan and Sterling might be the best fight of the night. So, yeah, I think so. Looking at like what you should bet and what you shouldn't. Um, what I'm gonna go with is, I'm a little bit worried about the uh, Dominic Cruz bet, mm-hmm. but. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to pick him to win. I think it'll probably get be a uh, decision if you wanted to do a prop bet on that. I just think that if this fight becomes like a gritty type of fight. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest band of all time. I don't see uh, Kenny being able to finish him, and then I really don't see Dominic Cruz being able to finish Kenny either. Both these guys are super <laughs> tough. Uh, if you want to go with the over uh, two and a half rounds, it's like a big-ass favorite, so. That's why, because both of these guys don't really get knocked out. Dominic Cruz got bad luck with his referee last fight against Cejudo, who yep. the referee, Keith Peterson, I think his name is, finished a, fu- a call to fight pretty early. Um, but no, I just feel like if this turns into a gritty fight where a little bit of wrestling might get involved, I think Dominic Cruz clearly has the advantage in wrestling. And then also, like you said, the awkward style of striking yeah. might present uh, might cause some problems too, and then overall IQ. Dominic Cruz is just one of the best. Yeah, he's one of the best bantamweights. One of the time. smartest fighters uh, there's ever been. So I do think there is value with Cruz being an underdog, and then but my best bet of the night's going to be a parlay with um, Islam Makachev. I think is how you said it. Yes. And and Israel Adesanya. Just those two. Yeah. No. And um, it pays minus one twenty four. So Islam. Makachev minus three seventy favorite and Adesanya. I kind of like that minus one twenty four. That's minus two thirty five. I just to me, there's a big uh, gap. Yeah, between both of these fighters and their opponents. I agree. Yeah, so, I like that. So, I do so think you're not, even, you're not gonna throw Jan in there to risk even fucking it up. No. Yeah. No, it's just like I'll take mine. I already got the bet place. So. Oh really? Uh, minus one twenty four in a parlay. I like it. No, yeah, that's probably a good idea. I might, I might follow you on that. I didn't know that you, yeah, no, I like that. You got to find like creative ways of betting to get martial arts to me. Yeah. You got to find, you know, like you said, creative ways to get good value. Right. Picks. Yeah. No, I agree. I like that. I think some people will probably tell that. Um, but yeah, have you got anything else on 259? Um, nope. Got anything else on episode 74? Because really, there's not too much else going on except college basketball. NASCAR's been kind of tricky. We talked about how SCS is tricky. Yeah. NASCAR so far, three uh, guys won so far, and there haven't been the usual guys that win. Byron's an up-and-comer. He was thought to win yeah. this year, be a, a guy definitely in the mix. He won last week. Um, the week before that, I forget who won. 
but it was a guy's first win. Yeah, it, it's a lot. And of, then Michael McDowell won guys. the Daytona 500 at a hundred uh, plus 150 to one underdog. Jesus Christ. So if you had a <laughs> McDowell ticket, you were jumping out your damn seat. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that would have been nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking at this race, it's in Las Vegas, so you could go to the UFC fight on Saturday maybe if they let fans in there exclusive. I don't know. Um, and then go to the NASCAR race. That'd be a good weekend. Um, are we going to go to Talladega? I don't want to go this year. Why? Unless if they're like it's full-fledged, you can do whatever you want. Well, you want to get the full experience? Definitely. What do you mean? I'm not just going. I want to see the all the craziness. Is, the crowd everything. is not the experience. Though. The experience is uh, the cars. I don't know. I've heard some wicked stories. But the experience is the cars. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Alabama said uh, full capacity this year in their stadiums. 100,000 Yeah, people. I saw that. You think it happens? Um, Yeah. I think people are getting tired of this shit. No, I do too. I mean, vaccines are rolling out. It's time to go. Time to get back to normal. But 100,000? That is a lot. But, I mean, it's Nick Saban. Nick Saban does what he wants. Um, All right. Episode 74, Big Easy Bets. That will do it. March is here. It's time to win some money. Um, I told Nick that I'm profiting every day of March. <laughs> and so far, I've profited three straight days of March. We're on March 4th. I'm in the hole to start today. But got some work to do but we're going to be all right so all right y'all have a good one next time you hear from us it will be a huge march madness episode breaking down everything who that we do we play like we play